0: Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch, chop, retrofit.
1: All right, you guys, I had an excellent paddle this morning.
0: I saw on Instagram.
1: And all I have to say is thank you, may I have another. But this is not an animal house. Welcome to Season 10, Episode 23 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs... Like us. ...decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... American
2: Travfidi. Uh Uh-huh. A.K.A. Pump up the Travium, yes, aka Good Morning Travi Vietnam. <laughs> I feel like
1: my, when I do my uh, intro at trivia, where I'm like, "What's up, seminar?" That I'm just channeling Robin Williams from Pump from Pump Up Vietnam. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and I'm joined here in the booth by my co-host and co-producer Radio Stay Sean, aka a Prairie Home Companion. That's (laughs) a good one. A.K.A. Frequency Modulation. Oh, nice. And in our third seat, it's the Chop Shop Regulator, Chella Communications.
2: (laughs) Oh, nice.
1: A.K.A. Chell Selector. A.K.A. FCC Chelsea. Ew. Also, we were supposed to have a guest tonight who had some things pop up and could not be here, but I do want to read his his uh, nicknames all the same. Wish you were here. DJ JP, a.k.a. longtime listener, first time Joey, (laughs) a.k.a. The Morning Joe further description of the show the tagline says watch chop retrofit because essentially that's what we do here we watch older movies sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts a quick disclaimer though we're not actually in favor of the remake reboot sequel dependent cinematic culture that's dead air This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed all morning long. Yes, (laughs) that is great. All right. And with that, that is going to bring us into our first segment, which is going to be movie news. And we've got quite the slate of news stories for you today. This is where throughout the week we try to pay attention to stories that pertain to our subject matter or the world of film or that you, the chop shoppers, might find interesting to hear about and unfortunately we do have to start it off with a couple of rips um first the i would say legendary comic gilbert godfrey comedian and i hate that everybody's keeps putting aladdin star in yeah I and mean, that's yeah. what he will forever be known for um he's passed away at the age of 67 one of the most recognizable voices in hollywood died after a battle with a long illness his family announced on tuesday so once again rest in peace and rest in power to him i wish that the headlines said star of problem child (laughs) 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 next rest in peace kathy lampkin She was considered a scene stealer in No Country for Old Men. And she's also in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She was the tea lady in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, She's passed away at the age of 74. Rest in peace and rest in power to her. Next up, uh, they're making a spirit Halloween store movie with
2: Christopher Lloyd and you've heard you've heard more details about this song shooting is completed and it's about a bunch of kids who thinks it would be cool to spend the night at a spirit halloween okay. and the animatronic toys come to life i think it's a family fun horror movie i guess you would call it next david cronenberg's new body horror will
1: cause real panic attacks and what other symptoms Having to change one's
2: pants—it's <laughs> a very sexy movie poster.
1: Uh, because Chop Shop favorite Leah Sedar is is in it and on it in the movie and on the poster, and I I must agree that I I think she looks really hot on there. Uh, next, E.T. star D. Wallace boards Rob Zombie's The Munsters. How do we feel about that? Great. Dee Wallace is great. How do we feel about the Munsters in general?
0: I love them.
1: And so um, we're we're psyched about Rob Zombie doing a reboot. If there's going to be one, shouldn't he be the one? I don't know.
0: His movies are hit or miss. They're either like really Mm -hmm. fun and good or it's, oh God, can this
1: be done now? Next, Mark Wahlberg still keeps his Boogie Nights prosthetic in his house. 25 years later. Now, of course, for the younger folks out there, Boogie Nights was a movie about an amputee who had a prosthetic leg, and he still would dance the discos.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And so star Mark Wahlberg still has a prized prop in his possession. Dirk Diggler's massive leg prosthetic during an april 12th appearance on the ellen DeGeneres show Wahlberg confirmed that the footlong prop is in its home in his home to this day it's his penis it's not it's not his leg guys thanks for clearing that up next allegations fly in the opening statements in johnny depp amber heard defamation trial i heard some of the
2: audio she sounds like a terrible human being okay is it, I mean, is it by comparison to him? Like, these are recordings that he made of her abuse. Oh, she, okay.
1: She's He's awful.
0: He took a lot of shit for shit he didn't some of, do.
1: Some of the headlines are ambiguous about who's being sued. And I know it's been a back and forth yeah. kind of legal battle in more than one location. Like, different venues, I guess. Uh, speaking of different venues, the... Gay references in Fantastic Beasts were cut out for China, for the release in China, uh, Warner Brothers confirms. Six seconds of dialogue were cut at the behest of Chinese censors. References to gay relationships were edited out of the Chinese version of Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. And next we've got Paul Verhoeven is so frustrated with the lack of sex in Hollywood. <laughs> it, sorry, in Hollywood movies. <laughs> well, both, really. So he says, sex is the essence of existence. Dutch filmmaker Paul Verhoeven, director of such classics as uh, Basic Instinct, uh, Showgirls, maybe Sliver. <laughs> 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 um, he, he kind of went off on a, on a rant about how there's not enough sex in movies uh, these days. And he specifically cited James Bond movies and also Marvel movies. <laughs> uh, next, Robert Eggers is keen to reunite with Willem Dafoe for Nosferatu, a remake of the 1922 silent vampire film. Where do we stand on this one, guys?
2: It's something that Robert Eggers and Anya Taylor-Joy have been wanting to do for a while. Mm-hmm. And it keeps getting derailed. And, you know, everybody keeps pointing to Willem Dafoe as as Nosferatu, which, of course, he played Max Shrek in Shadow of the Vampire. So, right, I guess it's a, a no-brainer mm-hmm. if you want to go that route. But wasn't wasn't Malkovich the
1: the vampire no he's the director of the film oh okay so he would just be kind of reprising the role
2: yeah that's why i'm kind of okay. like let's don't do this yeah
1: all right next um brie larson let's do this the latest high profile addition to fast and furious 10 and N-O. oh can you no! go can you believe that there's been 10 Fast and Furious movies or that the 10th one fuck? is...
2: I believe there are a lot of idiots who will pay money to see bad film.
1: Yeah. yeah does does that count Hobbs and Shaw? I don't know. What I didn't to- see it. What I'm... about Tokyo Drift?
0: Oh, fuck yeah. That's... oh.
1: <laughs> Next, uh, Sam Elliott has apologized. This is a follow-up story. Uh, apologized for his comments on Power of the Dog. He said that he wasn't very articulate And that he said some things that hurt people and that he feels terrible about that. Good, but also it stinks of Paramount plus had a word with him. Uh, And then finally, in a follow-up to our Steven Seagal episode last week, Seagal tells Putin allies, I love all of you and we stand together through thick and thin. uh, At the 70th birthday party in Moscow at... 70th birthday party is it putin's 70th birthday party no it's oh so his his birth 70th birthday party was in moscow of course because that's, that's where what, his loyalties was during lie his speech yeah yeah his you know how everybody does a birthday speech right
2: right well you know he does oh i insist listen goodness. to the dollop all three episodes of their steven seagal series it's good stuff we barely scratched oh. the surface <laughs> And that's
1: having listened to the first two parts of that. That, I believe, is going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. Do you guys hear a phone ringing? That must mean that it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana.
0: Ahoy, Chop Shoppers. Not much to report this week. The Pink Boot Society is a nonprofit organization that supports women in the craft brewing profession. That's a I've got. Undersee you next time.
1: All right, thank you, Dana, for that, and I do appreciate your hard work. I uh, just wanted to know if the music in the in the background there was actually Steven Seagal playing guitar, and that's going to close the doors on the Department of Corrections department for this week. Bringing us to the theme of the episode. And this is another one of those that it occurred to some, but one of Me. us occurred to Sean that we had never even broached the subject really of DJ movies. And by DJ, we mean disc jockey
2: I just wanted an excuse to talk about my college DJ career.
1: Oh, absolutely. Let's do that. <laughs> no. Let's do, no, I want to hear, actually. <laughs> no, let's not. Uh, because that was one of the things, uh, this episode, you and uh, Wish He Was Here guest Joey Poole had experience as a college radio DJ, which I believe is every nerd's fantasy. It I was believe a lot of was, fun. It was mine.
2: Yeah. like. Ever since having seen, what, High Fidelity? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's stupid fun, and I had a lot of freedom yeah, because nobody was listening. Was it talk or was it music? Or was music, it... music, okay. alter, college alternative, and, uh, and we had like CD and LP, so we played okay. vinyl. Gotcha. And uh it was fun. We were just kind of goofed around and were able to get into the station pretty much whenever we wanted to and... and horse around i
1: think that what you said there about having cds and vinyl actually in the studio speaks to how far we've strayed from actual radio dj culture
2: yeah most djs these days are piped in and Mm pre-recorded and they're you know because also
1: the music is a is like a predetermined thing like you can't Oh, yeah. You can't, like, show up with
2: your single and get the DJ to play it. Yeah, yeah. You've got your Cumulus Media, your iHeartRadio, those guys who control pretty much everything and those stations that they own. There's not any autonomy whatsoever. And
1: there's no physical media in the room either, I
2: doubt. Also, there's another
1: kind of DJ. There's the hip-hop variety. Uh, This is the uh, technology developed around, would you say, the 70s? where people were able to hook two turntables together and then run them through a crossfader and various other apparati and really change the world of music forever totally and with all of that technical skill came a performance aspect this is not just somebody who's playing music from an isolated place you're in front of a public audience you're performing it's a performance absolutely and so i think that it's important to make that distinction between like radio djs and hip-hop djs performance djs and then also to say that with our with our discussion tonight i think they're all on the table right they're they're all on the turntable they're all on the turntable sean the ones and the twos turn my motherfucking headphones up with that We're going to go ahead and go into our next segment, which is the Midnight Double Feature. And this is where we go around the panel and we talk about movies, a couple of movies each, where we feel that they would be a good pairing for, say, showing in a public forum, much like a performance DJ. Sean, I was wondering what you went with this week.
2: I went with two films where the DJ kind of acts as a uh, omniscient Presence that kind of progresses the plot Uh So the first one I'm going with is 1979's The Warriors And this was directed by Walter Hill Who also directed 48 Hours Another 48 Hours And Brewster's Millions If you aren't familiar with the film I insist on watching it He also directed Warriors 2
1: Come out and play. I don't think so. Again.
2: (laughs) This is a really strange movie. Uh, You've got a a turf battle of of gangs in New York, and they're very uh, caricatured. All the gangs have, like, costumes and makeup. Well, I think that's a
1: a reference to, like, the 50s gangs. It's like a throwback to, like, the the sharks
2: and the jets and how everybody has their own identity. But this is very squarely in, like, a post-disco era. yes. And the cool thing about this movie is that the DJ is played by a woman named Lynn Beck. Mm-hmm. And you can look her up on IMDb. She's had a great career. But she's the seemingly omniscient DJ that she's relaying information to the gangs throughout the film to advance the plot. Um, oftentimes about what the police are doing and what other gangs are doing. And it just really pushes the the story. I think it's a great device.
1: Uh, and it also takes your... Uh, your story and puts it in a specific time. Mm -mm. Range
2: Absolutely. And it acts as a narrator without having to be mm-hmm. just a stupid, pointless voiceover. It's an actual character that's integrated into the story. So I'm pairing that with uh Do the Right Thing from 1989. Mm-hmm. We did an entire uh, recast on this, so I'm not going to go too much into the story. But of course, directed by Spike Lee, starring Spike Lee, Danny Aiello, Rosie Perez, John Turturro, and Samuel L. Jackson. As? As Mr. Senior Love Daddy. Yes. He is the neighborhood DJ who provides commentary from the best seat in the house Much like uh, much like uh, Lynn Beck's DJ in The Warriors He seems to kind of know what's up and what's going on And acts as kind of a narrator uh, In this storyline as well I love that for his stage
1: name Or his his performance name He's Mr. Senor Love Daddy So Redundant, redundant love daddy He wanted, to, he wanted daddy. to make sure that he, everybody <laughs> Knew that he was the man <laughs> That's great all right, well, I've got uh, a couple here. One is called Talk Radio from 1988. We talked about this on the show before. Do you recall what episode we,
2: we I did that for? Really don't remember.
1: Maybe it was a maybe it was a recast or maybe it was a double feature, but uh, I swear we, we did a recast of we it We did a recast of it It's called Talk Radio It was directed by Oliver Stone Was it for that the was Oliver Stone, Stone episode? episode? Yep We've got an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes On-air radio personality Barry Champlain Played by Eric Bogosian, Likes to push buttons Literally and figuratively And the envelope the talk show host has gained popularity by being controversial and now the show is going national, but as Barry enjoys his professional success, his personal life is unraveling. He is still battling with his ex-wife Ellen played by Ellen green who also, and also receiving sizable amounts of hate mail. When Barry hits the airwaves for a lengthy session, he gets a deranged caller who just may prove to be his match. And so this is, I guess, another uh, form of being a DJ. He's not actually playing music. He's a talk radio DJ. And this is also just before the rise of Howard people. Howard Stern. And well, also people like Rush, Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh, yeah, I was going to say. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to influence people And also seeing the spectrum of listeners. It's it's all very telling. Uh, Next, I'm going to pair that with a much more serious movie from 1992 called Straight Talk, Uh, (laughs) y'all. It's directed by Barnett Kelman. uh, But this does have a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Leaving her rural life in Arkansas, Shirley Kenyon, played by Dolly Parton, moves to Chicago and seeks employment at a radio station, when a mix-up finds Shirley sitting in as the host on a show for call in advice, her common sense wisdom wins over fans. Soon, she's Dr. Shirley, an in-demand, on-air personality. But of course, she's lacking in, proper, in the proper credentials. A fact that journalist Jack Russell, played by James Woods, who's got all of his credentials, already suspects will surely be able to keep her new gig if the truth gets out. And obviously I was joking. This is a this is more of a, a comedy, a comedic take on um, on talk radio. But the uh, weird thing about it, and maybe the chop shoppers out there can tell me, um, why is she sitting on a pumpkin in the poster? I saw this movie back in the day. Didn't rewatch it <laughs> on the poster. It's like the New York skyline. And her sitting on a pumpkin. Is it supposed to be like a Cinderella? Because she didn't her carriage wasn't her carriage a pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. But the trope of the um, being an imposter in a in a job that you want and trying to get away with it and hoping that you do. I think it's, it's been done before. Uh, don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead, Working Girl. Big. Big, yes. Thank you. So those are my two. They're both about talk radio. One's very serious. One tries to be funny, and sometimes it succeeds. <laughs> All right. That's going to bring us to our feature segment, which is going to be the recast of Pump Up the Volume from 1990. And I remember seeing this on rental. Didn't see it in the theater, but saw it on rental home video and loved it a lot. I loved the rebellious
2: uh, kind of pirate radio aspect of the story. I really enjoyed the setup of the film, the theme of the film. At the time, I did not like the resolution of the plot, but... I rewatched it this past week okay. for the first time since high school. Right, the film holds up. Mm-hmm. I really liked a lot of the themes, and I think that some of them resonate today with uh, some uh, disgruntled youth
1: there. And now all of these, all of these tropes can be transcribed to social media. Absolutely, and social
2: media, YouTube, in, yes. podcasts,
1: the TikTok. No. That's how you say it, right? TikTok. It's the, all about tiki bars. The tiki,
2: tiki talk, tiki talkie. Yes. One of the biggest things about the film is that nobody could find out where he was broadcasting from. That would not be the case today. Yeah. They'd be able to zero in on him. Oh, yeah. Triangulate the vectors. Absolutely.
1: Got him immediately.
0: I saw it for the first time this week. I really liked it.
1: And? Soundtrack's great. That's another thing that both of these movies tonight have in common is the music is incredible.
0: It really is.
1: And I guess it should be if that's the... If you're making a movie about somebody whose profession is playing music via the airwaves, Mm -hmm. you should have a a killer soundtrack.
0: Well, especially during time periods where radio was so
1: dominant. Absolutely. Uh, So this takes place in Arizona, where an introverted and insightful teenager, Mark Hunter, played by Christian Slater, finds an outlet for his viewpoints through a a shortwave radio, broadcasting as Hard Harry a.k.a. Happy Harry on Hunter uses his pirate radio show to rant against injustices and hypocrisies taking place in the area and in society in general. Hunter conceals his off-air identity, but a determined student, played by Samantha Mathis, discovers the truth, while Principal Cresswood, played by Annie Ross, seeks to shut down Hunter once and for all. And what that brief summary doesn't mention is in order to evade the authorities and the powers that be he hooks his radio station up in his van jeep. no his mom's his, jeep his mom's jeep <laughs> and he's he's going rogue he's going mobile that's in the big final uh
2: yeah finale oh, sorry spoiler no no it's not a spoiler but it's one of the cooler parts of the movie for the most part it's the adults shaking their fist that damn dj yes <laughs> All right. So, are we ready to take a hypothetical approach to a recast? Yeah. Sean, who did you pick for Mitch Hunter? <clears throat> I guess we should say that Chelsea, in preparation for this episode, chose not to do recast because because we thought we had Joey a was going to be and we here. Didn't yes. wanna, we didn't want to. We didn't want to make this a two parter. Yeah. A maxi-sode. A maxi-sode. (laughs) My God. (laughs) Um, All right. So, all right. My my pick. My pick. My pick. Um, I was a 19-year-old actor. He knows a thing. By the way,
1: a maxi-sode is where you have an episode where you bleed through your maxi-pad. Yeah.
0: Oh, thank you for the fucking clarification. Yes. Captain Obvious.
2: (sighs) True freedom. (laughs) Um, So anyway, my actor knows a thing or two about being in movies about school. He was in boarding school. Mm -hmm. He was in eighth grade. Yes. He's also in that new Cheaper by the Dozen that has Zach Braff in it. Those kids have to go to school. Yeah. He looks like uh, a very uh, brooding, pensive kind of guy. His name is Luke Prail. Luke Prail. Luke Prail. Okay. Okay. He looks like he might have some things to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: This is another one of those where even though the actors are slightly older than teenagers, it's still difficult to pick out replacement actors who are at the height of their powers, at the height of their powers. <laughs> oh, I didn't but know that's no, what we were I mean, doing. That's then? not, I, that wasn't what I was doing who are um, young enough mm-hmm. to play this role. I And I think that we even skew a little bit older uh, just by default And still, it's like actors born in the year 2001. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: It makes me barf a little. It hurts, right?
1: Every single time. It only gets worse. My actor in the role of Mitch Hunter, a.k.a. Hard Harry, is really just known for one property. And that's the Henry Danger. Henry Danger. And... I I guess it's a Nickelodeon thing, and they're making a movie. I don't know. But his name is Jace Norman. Nice. Nice hair. I mean, he's got hair for radio, let me tell you. Next up, we've got the role of Samantha Mathis, who would also go on to be in what? What else
2: was Samantha Mathis in, though, Sean? Samantha Mathis was known for uh, a role in Broken Arrow, Oh, yeah. Also with Christian Slater. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She was an American Psycho. Yeah. And you would remember her from our recast of Super Mario Brothers.
1: Oh, that's Shut the one it. I was thinking she of. She was Daisy. Yes. Perfect. All right. So, who was your pick to
2: play her in this modern adaptation? Um, of Pump she, up the volume. Oh, the 20 year old actress. Um, she's kind of a Netflix contract darling, I guess. Um, she was in a film called Morgan and Maternal, but most people would know her from a Netflix series called Anne with an E. Anne with an E, which is a Anne of Green Gables thing, right? And she's going to be in the new season of Stranger Things. She's really a face value pick for me. Her name is Amy Beth McNulty.
0: Huh,
1: Chelsea? Do you know Anne of Green Gables? Yes. You're, I mean, as a a gingerling, you uh, you <laughs> must.
0: I also went to school.
1: Be aware of of that. And so Anne with an E to me immediately evokes Anne of Green Gables. Uh, my pick for Nora De Niro, no relation, is in The Beguiled. She's in Spider Man Far From Home. She's in The Nice Guys. Her name is Angori Rice. I think that's a terrible pick. Why? You'll find Uh-oh. out. Okay. Uh oh. Interesting. Next up, we've got the principal. That bitch. She's, she's British in real life. Was she playing British? No. no. Okay. Uh, played by Annie Ross. Do we know Annie Ross from anywhere? I really didn't know her from anything else. Principal Loretta Cresswood.
2: And who did you decide to recast in this role, Sean? Um, she reminded me of an actress. And unfortunately, she's probably aged out of this role. But she's 76 now. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in Altered States as the love interest of uh, our recently departed Mr. Hurt. Um, She was in Space Cowboys. She was in The Astronaut's Wife. Um, She was in Continental Divide, opposite of John Belushi. But I picked her because she was in Fringe, the TV series, as Nina Sharp. And her her, uh, parallel Earth self had an eye patch. And I wanted to wear the eye patch for this role. Yeah, (laughs) like Captain Ron. Her name is Blair Brown. Blair Brown.
0: Okay.
1: All righty. Well, my, I'm going to see if you can guess it from the, from the, the, uh, pictures that I mentioned, uh, she was in Excalibur. She was in Caligula. She was in the
2: Tempest. Um, 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 Dame. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah I'm, I'm blanking on her name. I've got her face in my head. She's still quite beautiful. She's gorgeous. And she's got a nice rack. Dame Helen Mirren. Thank you, Dame Helen Mirren. Tip of my tongue. She was.
1: Pick for the principal. I think that she is going to play it British, because it's Dame Helen Mirren. That's nice. Uh, We've got one more, and this is Paige Woodward, and she's the overachieving student, the uh, golden girl, who is also a regular listener of Happy Harry Hardon's radio show. Uh, and she does pump up the volume one day on the microwave while she she like throws all of her shit her medals in the microwave. and her trophy trophies and
2: a it, hair dryer it blows up the microwave and she gets injured but yes. doesn't doesn't die but her yeah her personality shifts after that yes so for that I picked an actress who is known for playing a very prim and proper role in the new Spider Man series. She was also in The Beguiled and The Nice Guys out with Angori Rice.
1: Uh Uh-uh. Oh, that's almost a a
2: matchup. Almost. We almost almost crossed streams there. You got to be careful. Never Uh cross the streams.
1: All right. Who are you going to call the recast of Paige Woodward? I'm going to say this actress who was in Along Came the Devil. She's on the TV show Bosch. And I believe a movie adaptation of that. And she was also on The Walking Dead. Her name is Madison Lintz. Madison Lintz. L-I-N-T-Z. She could cut a diamond with that jaw. I mean look at the original actress. Yeah, she could too. You know? Hers is more anvil-shaped, but yeah. I wouldn't want to say hatchet face. Oh, <laughs> I'm so not going me. to say hatchet face. All right. So final thoughts on pump up the volume and do the right thing in the streets. (laughs) Like I said, it holds up much better than I thought it would. Yeah.
0: I really, really enjoyed it.
1: It's funny. We're like very close on the heels of doing the Heathers recast. Yeah. I've never had to think about people to
2: play Christian Slater so much. And this one's available on HBO Max. So uh, pretty accessible right now. Oh, shit. I fucking bought
1: one of those bootleg DVDs at the flea market. (laughs) All right. So with that, we need to head into intermission, right? Yeah. Let's do it. Not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some snacks from the stacks.
2: We'll be right back after station identification. (laughs)
1: And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM, The Shop, with Travisito, The Brew Boss,
0: and me, Chelsea, The Regulator, where we'll be breaking down the recasts of your precious childhood movies
1: all morning morning long. And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema
2: Chop Shop on Podbean.com.
0: Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you think you can handle it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem.
1: Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Chop Chop. Retrofit. (laughs) Welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission. We just had to take a break for station identification. Once again, this is WCCS. Thank you for listening. And when we come back, Sean, what do we like to do? Beer check-ins. And we have one that we've been sitting on for a couple weeks here. Yep. Uh, My lovely wife, Michelle. Drink. Drink. Took Soon. a trip, took a trip <laughs> down to Charleston to help her dad. He, her dad had an eye appointment mm-hmm. like the good daughter that she is. She went and drove him to and from his eye appointment. But also she made a stop in the little neighborhood that we've been to called Park Circle. Love Park Circle. It's super cool. It's got lots of good restaurants and there's a bottle shop. There's a couple breweries now because Holy City Brewery has moved there.
2: Mm hmm. And we've got one that says, what's the name of it? It's called NYE 2022, a.k.a. DJ Logic IPA. DJ Logic. Great little turntable it on the that can. It was the only
1: logical choice for today's beer <laughs> check-in. Uh,
2: this is a very uh, reddish mm-hmm. colored IPA. And what, is it, what does it technically say? The uh, the hops are uh, Eldorado and Hewell Melon. Is it a... But it does just not an IPA, you know, not a double IPA. It's just IPA, which it's clear, it's classic style, definitely West Coast. I get a lot of coppery stuff. Um, I get buttered popcorn.
1: Ew! The
2: acetyl? I think it's infected.
1: No. I know,
2: right? Shake your fist at it. But, Shouldn't have uh, sat on it. I don't know if sitting on it did it because it's only been a couple. Literally sitting on it. Oh, (laughs) yeah, it did flatten it out a bit.
1: While we enjoy that, we are going to talk about the 2022 movie marathon. As of this recording, it is the 105th day of the year. I am on a measly 102. I'm such a slacker. It's okay. I fell off by three. I'm three behind the day.
2: I have a sneaking suspicion you're going to catch up next week. It's possible.
1: And uh, Chelsea, do you have any check ins for us?
0: Uh, yeah, hang on. I'm pulling it up. Okay, sorry, sorry,
2: sorry. I'm on 123.
1: By the way, as they say, she's pulling it up. Speaking of overachievers.
0: Wait, what do you want? On?
1: 123.
0: Ooh, I'm only three behind you. Woo! One twenty. One twenty.
1: All right. So, what's your first check-in for this week?
0: My first check-in is a film from 2009 called Big Fan. Has Patton Oswalt in it. He's a New York Giants fan, and he calls in to this radio station just to talk about the upcoming games and like his favorite player.
2: Technically, a DJ movie.
0: Yeah. He ends up meeting his favorite player. And kind of like follows, stocks him.
1: This and reminds me of the Robert De Niro, Wesley Snipes movie, The Fan.
0: Shit goes bad. Yeah. Shit goes real bad. And my heart just breaks for Patton in this film, and I fucking loved it. I don't want to say anything, so you should watch it.
1: Yes. I really feel like I've watched this movie, but I might be confusing it with another one of his. Wasn't he in another early, early
2: movie in his career? I'm not
0: sure. I don't know. I really enjoyed it.
1: Over to you, Sean. What's your first check-in?
2: I'm going to check in Play Misty for me. Play Misty for This me. is a 1971 film. It was uh, Clint Eastwood's directorial debut. Uh, he stars as a jazz DJ... There's a lot of need for that. Yeah. Uh, but he is being uh, obsessively stalked by his biggest fan, played by the late Jessica Walter from... Arre- rest in Peace, Rest in Power. From Arrested Development. And Archer. And Archer, exactly. Uh, very neat seeing her in a young role and uh, throwing herself at him. It also has Donna Mills before her 80s glory on Knotts Landing. Daughter, so, illegitimate daughter of Haley Mills. And... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's it's not that terrible of a movie, but there are some directing mistakes by Eastwood. A lot of the shortcuts of, like, shooting, like... At daytime but mm-hmm. putting a filter over the lens to say oh we're shooting at night mm-hmm. then how come you're casting long shadows you Gotcha. Know? Well, i think
0: my favorite thing was in like the action sequences all you hear is ah, 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 this like weird breathing of, overlay yeah. like it's so fucking bizarre yeah
2: there's a lot of adr that does not Let's, need to be there once again clint you don't need to hold the boom mic <laughs> while you're running <laughs>
1: My first check-in for this week is number 99, and it's called Alice. This is the uh, documentary about people who watched Alice in Wonderland again in college. Uh, No, it's actually a movie that we we talked about when we first kind of came on the radar because it's got a strikingly similar plot to a movie that came out a little bit earlier called Antebellum. Now, if you remember the plot of Antebellum, it's where a woman escapes from slavery in what she believes is the Antebellum South and then comes to find out that she's actually been living in modern day slavery in a in a very isolated place. And that is exactly what happens in this movie, except she goes back on a revenge spree, like a a Jackie Brown style Uh, sorry um like inglorious bastards yes kind of Um, okay and so it's loosely based on the real life narrative of a woman named may louise parker who escaped from modern slavery it was referred to as peonage 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 uh in 1961 i liked antebellum better
2: so in the film alice at any point did they say kiss my grits no. Damn. They definitely should have. Damn it, would that have been is a perfect. missed opportunity. I know. I know.
1: Kiss my grits.
0: Bam, 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 bam. Right?
1: <laughs> so I think we've got a uh we've got a movie that we all have seen that we're gonna talk about next. It was number 101 for me. Uh you guys watched it today. I saw it day before yesterday. Uh it is the new A twenty-four joint. It is called X. X and this is directed by Ty West, who is interesting to point out that he kind of cut his teeth on indie horror. He directed The Sacrament, he also did The Roost, and he did The Innkeepers. Then he decided to break type and he directed a western starring Ethan Hawke called In the Valley of Violence. The movie's okay. But he's so good at horror. People were like, what the fuck are you doing? And then six years later, he returns to horror with this movie X, which I guess we should say it is... The setting is a porn shoot. 1979, outside of Houston, Texas. A remote porn shoot in a rented uh, guest house. Yes, on a farm. And... I want to know what you guys thought about it.
2: I liked elements of it. I thought it was an interesting balance of sexiness and goriness. Yes. The actor who plays the old man who runs the farm mm-hmm. is much younger than he appears. In As the film. is
1: the woman who plays his wife.
2: No spoilers, but if you want to spoil yourself, go look at the IMDb credits and you'll realize what we're getting at. But um, also watch the end credits of this movie
1: and it teases a prequel Mm. starring the real life age but younger version of those two characters. Nice.
2: I I could buy into that to get some more backstory on them but they're shooting a porno and uh, things go sideways. It's a really original premise for a porno too. It's the farmer's daughter. The farmer's daughter. (laughs) Everybody's in on the act.
0: I liked it. I just didn't understand the end game for the older couple. I kind of was a little bit confused as to what they were after.
1: Well, I will say this, and this is kind of a spoiler. The only part that I didn't care for was when they showed those old people boning. I was like, this (laughs) is horror. (laughs) The television set yeah,
2: it's constantly playing and the televangelists. I did not... And the... I didn't like that. You didn't like that. I did not like the reveal at the end. I thought it was kind of cheap shoddy.
1: So it also, though, harkens back to the line where the older wife says don't think i don't know who you are and what you've become
2: oh by the way so we should also mention there's some great cast members in here uh uh, jenna ortega Mia, uh, who, Goth. Mia Goth Mia Goth I've been hyping Jenna Ortega for a few years Since mm-hmm. she appeared in the sequel to The Babysitter Right um, Then you've got um,
0: Brittany Snow
2: Brittany Snow from the uh, the the um, Pitch Perfect movies Which we've used her in recast And every time you go, who's that? Yeah, I have no idea who <laughs> she
1: is Just the other day, <laughs> Ashley was like I never thought we would see Brittany Snow Completely
2: naked we like sure that We sure did And then and of course I, Even then I was like Oh, fuck, yeah, nice? it's yeah. just one of those things that you, you have a, a blind. Spot. You have a blind spot for. Yeah. Uh, Kid Cudi is in it. Yeah, so, him. Yeah, so it's it's a cool movie. Yeah, uh, I, I, I. There liked were a it. lot
0: of aspects of it that I did like. I yeah. was just I want to know why.
2: I have two words for you. Yeah, stealth gators. Yeah, <laughs> that that scene did give me
1: anxiety, though. As somebody who you know likes to paddle, I've been chased by an alligator and I don't like it. Yeah that that was a, that was like a Jaws esque
2: suspense scene. So this is from Radar Brewing. It's uh, it is called Momentum. It is their coffee blonde ale, mm-hmm. and it's much better.
1: Okay, so I got one more. It's called Dog. Uh, this is. Directed by Channing Tatum. So the premise is he is a former uh, Ranger Battalion, Army Ranger guy, who has a a traumatic brain injury. Okay. And he is trying desperately to get back in the game and to no avail. Like he can't get the right letters of recommendation. Uh, Finally, he, he pesters somebody. Just enough that they're like, well, I've got this shit job that nobody wants to do. If you can do it, I'll write that letter of recommendation or make that call and we'll get you back in the game. And the job is to take this traumatized army service animal. It's a Belgian Malinois. Malinois. Channing Tatum agrees and he has his own problems, obviously, the TBI and then uh he hasn't been been laid in a while he, he uh drinks too much whiskey uh and the the animal is like we said severely traumatized and destroys like
2: everything oh yeah i've seen the previous for this yeah
1: it's it's fine it's a it's a kind of sentimental uh decent watch that made my lovely wife michelle cry all right shall we move it along Let's do it. To the recast continued. To the sequel. And uh, the movie that we're going to be talking about is one that it's a classic, I would say. Although the title doesn't make very much sense, there's no spray paint involved in the movie whatsoever, (laughs) or even vandalism.
2: It happens in America.
1: (laughs) Yes. It's called American Graffiti from 1973. Directed by George Lucas, produced by Francis Ford Coppola. We got a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck those other 4%. Right? (laughs) It's got a cast of people who would go on to be big stars. Uh, A group of high school seniors are about to leave town for college back east. And they have one night left in town. And they spend it cruising around to various
2: Ends. It's uh, it's a great film. Uh, it it shows a lot of George Lucas's great loves, um, hot rods and yes. classic cars. Yes, Harrison um, Ford. And how does it <laughs> how does it play
1: into our DJs?
2: Obviously, uh, Wolfman Jack, yes. the famed late DJ, uh, drives a lot of the narrative. Yes,
1: and he's kind of like in your double feature the omniscient narrator right if unreliable correct mm-hmm. the cast that we've got is kurt played by richard dreyfus who he's the one who's having cold feet about leaving town and going off to college his his interactions in the evening will lead to another recast tonight and so who do you think would play him today
2: well i kind of went with a pseudo themed recast for my okay. first three picks uh, my actor is actually 30 years old to Richard Dreyfus' is 26. He was in uh, Moonshot and he was in um, uh, Five Feet Apart as well as does River. Does he have a twin brother? No. He was in. Yes, he does. He was in Riverdale. I went with Cole
1: Sprouse. Cole Sprouse. Yeah. Uh, my actor is in Scream 5, a.k.a. Scream, the new one. Uh, He's in Don't Breathe. And he was in Prisoners, which if you've never seen Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal, that's a fucking awesome movie. His name's Dylan Minnette.
2: Oh, yeah. Dylan
1: Minnette is going to be my... And he's got that kind of pensiveness. He might have to lean in a little bit to the the neuroses, but Dylan Minnette's going to be my guy for this. Next up, we've got Steve, played by an actor, director child actor yeah. yeah in fact credited as Ronnie Howard yes <laughs> in this film uh Ron Howard
2: is Steve and do you think he's the main character? I do. because, And this was the springboard for Happy Days. Yes. The entire, oh, this shit. entire okay. movie was yes. a springboard for because, the TV series Happy Days. Because his girlfriend is Cindy Williams, James. who also was on Happy Days. And, and Laverne and, Shirley, Laverne and which, Shirley, which Penny Marshall was in this as well. Schlemiel Schlemazel. Yeah. yeah, Penny was in this as well. So big things for all these people. They went on to enjoy great yeah, careers yes. thanks to George Lucas in this film. I'm getting some coffee. It's a coffee coffee blonde. blonde. Coffee blonde. Beautiful. How astute.
1: (laughs) See, this is the thing, though. This is the experience is when I don't listen to you describe it and then I taste it later and I give you my
2: observation. So I'm just talking for my own benefit. (laughs) Yes. All right. So uh, Ronnie Howard, um, the 25-year-old actor, he was in uh, Dead Reckoning, Mm -hmm. The Hate You Give, As well as Riverdale, it's K.J. Appa. K.J. Appa. My pick is in a movie
1: called We Bought a Zoo? Also, Under the Dome and The War with Grandpa. His name is Colin Ford. Colin Ford. All right. He
0: looks like he's hosting a YouTube channel. That is (laughs) That
1: picture is from his YouTube channel. Okay. Definitely. You You don't subscribe? No. Okay. Ring that bell.
0: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> Next, we've got Laurie, the aforementioned uh girlfriend played by Cindy Williams who really plays an integral integral role in the climax of the film, the drag race that is it's kind of the Chekhov's gun of the movie. You you hear about this it's, and it's also kind of a gunslinger situation. Yeah. This guy comes to town. He's like, you, you heard about so-and-so. I I heard I can knock his doors off. And that guy is Harrison Ford. Right. Who I should have put on our list of recasts in this. Because he's basically the villain of the yeah. movie.
0: So I watched this movie when I was really young. Uh-huh. And, and, and I was obsessed with Nick at Night. So watching like Happy Days, Bob Newhart. Yes. Love Bob Newhart. Love you,
2: Bob. Really?
0: Oh, yeah. Huh. My mom told me about this movie and I was really obsessed with like 50s music at the time. Yes. I was like in th- fifth grade
1: Ba-na-na-na.
0: and I had like a birthday party where I made everybody like dress up as if we were from 1950. And <laughs> oh, they took yeah. that. Oh, no. They took this <laughs> as Little like, skirts. yeah, they took this as, oh, it's a costume party. And I was like, no, it's a really specific costume. Yeah. Don't fuck this up for and me. Which
1: which birthday? I
0: was like 11.
1: All right. That's perfect.
0: 10 or 11. Did you have a
1: meltdown when I was?
0: Yeah, I was kind of pissed when they showed up in (laughs) fucking costume. Anyway, anyway, I got this on VHS. It was two VHS. Yes. With it came the soundtrack, but the CD was shaped as the waitress, like holding the tray. Like it was the cutout of that. And I thought that was so fucking cool. It
1: is super cool.
2: I'm gonna give you my recast for Cindy Williams' character, Lori. Lori Uh she's twenty-seven years old. She was in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Dangerous Lies. All. And Riverdale. Her name is Camilla Mendez.
1: Camilla Mendez. All right. I see your theme. Yeah. I got yeah. your I got your theme. But that's where it stops. Now I go off the off script. Cindy Williams' character is. She's very cute. Yes. She's adorable. Yep. She is. Meant to be <clears throat> more of a girl next door, a little bit more plain rather than like strikingly beautiful, yes, uh, and I picked somebody who might be in the latter category, oh, but she is definitely quirky, Maybe looking. we can dress her down, and maybe maybe this'll take her down a peg or two <laughs> uh, she's in Miss Peregrine's School for blah 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 she's in yellow jackets and Army of the dead. her name is Ella pernell oh that's 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 reasonable that's That's reasonable okay next up we've got the role of the blonde played by suzanne somers i misspelled it on the calendar i I misspelled it summers uh she's of three's company's fame
2: Mm -hmm. and thigh master and did she did she ever do a playboy spread um uh, she was in Playboy I don't know if she did a spread. Um mm-hmm. uh, and and she uh she was also in the syndicated TV series She's
1: the Sheriff.
0: She was also in Step by Step 90s.
2: Mm.
1: So she is the blonde and as you mentioned uh, a lot this week <laughs> she's God. she's a plot device. She has no lines. She uh, she mouths I love you, which but, is not a line. That's pantomime. No, actually though there, there's the there's the phone call. Oh okay. There's the phone call after the favor from Wolfman. Do we hear her voice? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. She calls the number that he tells the person he thinks is not Wolfman to put out on the air. Uh, But she is basically the woman who Richard Dreyfus is chasing the entire night and goes through a lot of hoops to try and get to her. And so, who was your pick for the blonde in the T-bird?
2: All right, so my pick uh, was in the series. Uh, 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 I don't know, if it was on Apple TV or what? It was called Dummy, starring uh, Anna Kendrick. Oh, oh about... I think
0: this is a Quibby thing.
2: Quibby, maybe. Uh, yeah. Oh, is it? Is it about ventriloquism? No. Yeah. No. Uh, and also, Lars and the Real Girl is that's definitely about ventriloquism. I went with a real doll. Oh, oh shit.
1: God. So you just went with ventriloquism. i with a real doll because that's all that she was in this movie. Are ventriloquist dummies the precursors to real dolls? No, because you couldn't fuck them. But there's, there's other... There's fisting... Oh,
0: there's, God. <laughs> Please stop. Please just end this now.
1: <laughs> My blonde is in a movie called Galveston, which is an adaptation of a book that I like. She was in The Kings of Summer, Hustlers... And Riverdale. Her name is Lily Reinhardt. Nice, Lily Reinhardt, seen here looking
2: through the window of a car. She's the Betty in that yeah. show, right? I went with the Veronica. Next I got up, it. we've got uh, Wolfman Jack
1: playing the disc jockey, the DJ, and uh, he is he is our omniscient and omnipotent narrator for the film. He's Moving the, moving Moving the the story along, the gears are turning, and in a in a plea of desperation, Kurt shows up at the studio, and goes in. He says, "Are you Wolfman Jack?" He's like, "Nah, I'm not Wolfman Jack." And he he rewinds a tape and plays Wolfman Jack. He's like, "That's Wolfman Jack." And he's like, <laughs> I'm just his friend. He stops by every once in a while. <laughs> and anyway, he relays a message to the blonde in the T Bird, and she eventually hears it and gets the call. I think this is probably going to be our most enigmatic recast yes, tonight, right? I love it. I'm dying to know who you went with.
2: My pick is from North Bend, Oregon. Yes. 62 years old, has been in films. <laughs> films in quote uh-huh. such as The Star. Yeah. And Veggie Tales, Abe and the Amazing Promise. Oh my God. That's direct to video. As well as Craze Meets Karma. I'm going with iHeartRadio's nationally syndicated soft rock evening DJ Delilah.
1: Oh shit, the quiet storm? Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm gonna Mine, mine is not thematic, but I, uh, I think it's more face value. But I am gonna name three voice value, voice value. He voice do, he, value. He can totally do it. I am um, gonna read three credits. I want to see if you can get it. First, we've got Drive, The Promise, Body of Lies. Don't know, Chelsea. No, I don't know. I have no idea. Those are kind of obscure in his catalog.
0: Okay, so give us something fucking
2: relevant.
1: He was in the Star Wars. He's in Moon Knight. Oh, Oscar, Oscar Isaacs is going to be my Wolfman Jack.
2: Oh, I can see some face value on that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. Okay. And
1: like Chelsea said, it should have been voice, voice value. Yeah. value. So not, who would you good. pick for the gravelly voice, Chelsea?
0: I couldn't. Wolfman Jack, baby. No, I, I, he, I honestly, notoriously... I probably would have like bowed out of picking it.
1: He I notoriously just... uh, said that a shot of whiskey helps him keep that graggly voice. All right. So, final thoughts on American graffiti. It's a classic. Watch it. It's not as good as Italian graffiti in terms of the visual aesthetic. No. Uh, To
0: that, there is an interview, and I can't remember if it's with um, Coppola or George Lucas, but they talk about the title because I was curious about the same thing back in the day. And? I don't remember what it is. I know an interview strictly about the title is out there. So, it
1: is out there. And perhaps Dana can help us with that one. That being said, we're going to go ahead and go to our bonus segment tonight. It's going to be a battle of some of the most popular and influential DJs of the late 80s, early 90s. Oh, God. It's going to be a battle royale to the death between DJ Tanner, DJ Connor, and DJ Jazzy Jeff.
2: I'm choosing Casey Kasem.
0: All I can think about is this vine where this kid's like, I've got the power of like God in anime. So I'm picking DJ Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think about right now.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, I um I'm gonna go ahead and go with DJ Jazzy Jeff because I'm not racist, you guys. Wow. Wow. No, no, just joking. I I thought it would be funny to pick DJs who who uh were just named DJ. Yeah. And I thought about doing like a Don Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He would obviously win
2: that. You clearly put too much thought into this
1: every time. All right, so I want to thank you, Chelsea, for the effort and the presence and all of the stuff in between. And do you have anything that you want to plug this week?
0: I was shown a text by Conan the Librarian. Yes, and he enjoyed my enthusiasm for my hatred for Steven Seagal. So Uh I'm shouting out him.
1: Hell yeah. Man, I was just thinking about him today. I also want to thank you, Sean, the engineer, co-host and co-producer. Thanks, man. Doing all the things on the ones and the twos. Got your crossfaders going on. Do you know what next week's episode is?
2: Uh, We're talking about musicians who are trying to break into acting. Breaking into
1: film. I believe one of the movies we're going to talk about is The Bodyguard. Is that right?
2: Uh, Yes, it is. This question
1: has to do with that. Okay. In the upcoming... Whitney Houston biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Whitney is portrayed by actress Naomi Ackie. Who is playing Clive Davis?
0: I don't know. I thought you said this was about the bodyguard.
1: Who's
2: Clive Davis?
0: Are you fucking kidding me? No. Oh my God, I will
1: educate you.
2: Who's Clive Davis?
0: There's not enough time. There's He's not a, enough time. record
1: producer. Oh. I don't know. It's actually the Tooch, Stanley Tucci playing Clive Davis. Huh. All right. So with that, we want to go ahead and wrap it up. Please (coughs) rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and all of your podcatcher apps. You can check us out natively on podbean.com. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. Our Twitter is at Cinema Chop Shop. We are Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook. We are Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com if you feel the need to send an email. And we are at Cinema Chop Shop on Instagram. We are Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And finally, we are Cinema Chop Shop Podcast on YouTube. And we want to say farewell to you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to find us on that dial next week. And please remember to
2: watch Chop Retrofit.